the Hall of Fame. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jake Milham, and the man on the other side of the board is Jeremy Greco. Jeremy, how you doing today, man? Hey, you know what? I got to watch a Royals win today. So Woo! Not too bad. Yeah, not, not too bad at all. It is, uh, you know, when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, it's not really the most, what's the word, encouraging thing. When you just narrowly avoid a, a sweep at home to the losing record Washington Nationals. But hey, it is 2023, baby. We will take the wins where we can get them. I, I can't even name, I, I don't think, a single player on their team other than Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, that's that's fair. And it's when I look at their team, all the players I know are just the players that were involved in the Juan Soto and the Max Scherzer trade Turner trades. Like, they're not players that have been homegrown by the Nationals. They're players that, that just made headlines because of where they came from or how they got to the team. Um, listen, if you guys want to hear more or read more, excuse me, about Sunday's win, please go check out RoyalsReview.com. Jeremy himself wrote up the recap, so you know there's going to be a good pun in there. There's going to be some, some witty stuff in there, so please go check it out. And also go check out the comment section below. There's a really, usually there's some really good discussions going on there. There's some random critiques that don't mean anything, but hey, they're, they're there. There are people voicing their opinions, and, and we are all about it. So please go check out RoyalsView.com, also on Twitter and on Facebook. Yeah, Jeremy, like we were talking, so the Royals win in a walk-off on Sunday, 3-2 to two, over the Washington Nationals. I, I hate to say it like this, but Kansas City improves to 16-38. and 38. It is, yeah, things are really, really bad. But hey, Washington's 23-30, and 30, so they are, at least on paper, they're a much better team than the Royals. So I guess the Royals get the upset win here today. <laughs> If uh, listen, if you had to summarize today's game in like two sentences, how would you how'd you put it? Uh, fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was kind of a bland game until uh, they started hitting home runs in uh, the seventh and eighth innings. Um, Daniel Lynch had made his major league debut for the year. He looked fine. You know, uh, he struck out six and five and a third, which is an encouraging number. But he also walked three and gave up five hits, which isn't great, but not bad. Only two runs. Um, it it was fine, you know. <laughs> uh, and then we had uh, we had the MJ Melendez home run, which got the scoring started. Um, I didn't think it was going to mean anything. I was still getting prepared to write uh, about how the Royals got gored. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, uh. So, but, uh, you know, ended up Edward Olivares damaged the scoreboard mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, and then nobody knew what to do. And the Royals ended up with a walk-off win. They just kind of stole it. Yeah, it, it really seems like that. I was looking, so like I was telling you, Jeremy, I'm actually in the blackout zone for the Nationals, so I haven't been able to watch this series. So I, I have been following the games closely on the baseball savant game feed so that's been uh that's been a godsend for a lack of better terms but watching that that win probability chart climb steadily in favor of the nationals and then once that eighth inning rolled around boom it was right back down in favor of the royals and you know what after that all of Ares home run they didn't look back the the bullpen did their job today and 
I that hasn't happened very often in the past week. So I, I will always the, take that. In the game preview, I even wrote, even if Daniel Lynch is good today, the bullpen is likely to blow it, or I'm paraphrasing myself. <laughs> but that, I was like, the bullpen hasn't been good. So, but they were good today. Uh, three and two thirds, three and two thirds shutdown innings, I believe they ended up with. So, yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, no, and it's um, the the Royals really, I guess, I wouldn't say took advantage of the Nationals bullpen, but I mean, the Nationals guy on the mound was absolutely on one today. Mackenzie Gore, seven innings, only three hits and only one earned run with 11 strikeouts, double digit strikeouts to only one walk. Career but, nine innings pitched and strikeouts for him today. Oof, this is man, oh this man. is the guy the Padres thought they were drafting. This is the guy that the Nationals thought they were trading for. So yeah, that is true. But these are also the type of guys that you get back when you trade away. A, I I kind of hesitate to call him a generational talent, but a, a top tier talent in Juan Soto. Absolutely, superstar so, at the very least. Yes, there we go. That's that's the word. But Chad. Cool, I think is how you say his last yes. name. K U H L, one and two thirds. He gave up the the two runs, and you know that's all we're gonna see at the end of the day is we're gonna see a Royals win in the column. So I will certainly certainly take that good news to start off the week. Um, even though you know it feels weird because I have a long weekend this weekend, so it's Sunday, but it kind of feels like a Saturday, but it also feels like my third Saturday. It's it's very, very strange. But I want to talk a little bit more about Daniel Lynch today, because like you said, this is the first time that we've seen him in Kauffman Stadium in 2023, making his return to the Kansas City Royals. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't point out the fact that the corresponding move the Royals made when they brought up Lynch was sending Josh Taylor to... The IL, and I am. I I don't know. I don't know what to think of them sending him to the IL. Can I just say my favorite part was during the broadcast? Joel was talking about injury report stuff, Mm -hmm. and he was talking to the Royals head trainer, who I cannot remember his name um, because I still think it's Nick Kinney, and it's not. Um, Hasn't been for a while. Yeah, Uh, but. He uh, he said that the head trainer said same thing as Brad Keller, uh, just just copy that paste it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I got to tell you, when Brad Keller went on the injured list, it felt kind of like he's not pitching very good. We don't want to cut him. We can't afford to roster him. He's yep. hurt. Yep. Well, that's kind of what it feels like they did with Josh Taylor too. They're not the only team to do that. Um, and I looked up shoulder impingement it's basically a repetitive uh, repetitive motion injury that your shoulder mm. gets so probably every pitcher has that yeah um, so and i it's either that which is i think that's the more charitable explanation the less charitable explanation is these guys were hurt and and that's why they were bad but they were still pitching them while they were hurt and they and they shouldn't have been doing that and that would be that would be the less charitable explanation for me but i think i think it's probably the former that they were just like yeah we're not ready to cut you but also we need your roster spot yep that is uh so they they are going to have to pay the piper eventually with uh with those roster spots though and we're 
you know, we're, we're looking at some moves down the road. You know, once Kyle Isbell comes back, that's likely going to be the end of Jackie Bradley Jr. on the on the roster. So what are what are they going to do with these with these pitchers? And we'll we'll probably talk about that later on, Jeremy, because other guys will show up with shoulder impingements. It'll be fine. <laughs> they're going to I don't know. Fr- Freddie Fermin's going to have a, a shoulder impingement or uh, <laughs> what? There's going to be some random foot injury that we've uh, that we've never heard of. Or what is it? Someone's going to hurt themselves carrying luggage again. Like that's no that's going to be the the IL reason. Somebody carries Selvi's bags for him. He's the only hitter worth watching. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, but hey, back to uh, back to Daniel Lynch. I I, I want to get your thoughts on what you saw from him today. But let me run down his stats at least because they aren't great, but they aren't terrible. Five and a third innings pitched, five hits. Two earned runs, three walks, which was not very, you know, great. But six, six strikeouts. Ultimately, at the end of the day, his ERA after his first start is three point three eight. So that is that is a mark that I will take from any Royal starting pitcher so far in twenty twenty three. I know that I probably had unrealistically high expectations for Daniel Lynch to progress forward this season. This was, I know this is kind of a prove it season for the entire team, but it felt like there was more on guys like Daniel Lynch and, and Chris Bubich. And we saw Bubich step up, and unfortunately, we heard you wail across the United States of America when he underwent Tommy John surgery. So I, I've got a lot, a lot of stuff riding on Daniel Lynch. What are, after one start, and moving forward, Jeremy, what do you think in regards to Daniel Lynch? So my thoughts after watching him today are, yeah, the three walks, not great, but the two to one strikeout to walk ratio is workable. You can you can deal with that, um, especially if you can get the hits down a little bit. Um, the thing I really liked from him was actually his changeup. His changeup was fire early on. He got three out of his first four strikeouts with that thing. And he was he was really messing some people up with it, and that's not supposed to be one of his better pitches. He's yeah. a, he's a fastball slider guy primarily, so if he's got his changeup is going to is is potentially going to become a plus pitch, and he can start to control that fastball and that slider more, which is what we saw him doing in Omaha this year. Um, mm-hmm. He could absolutely take a step forward. I mean, it's it's one start. You don't want to read too much into it. Uh, well, I, I want to read a lot into it because I am a noted <laughs> non-overreactor, uh, yeah. which I say with heavy sarcasm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, it, it was the stats are fine. Overall, he was fine. The fastball and slider command were not where you wanted them to be, but that changeup uh, was very impressive. Um, and, and I think I think it's a start he can build on. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next time out. Yeah, for sure. I I agreed. I'm I'm looking at his baseball savant page from today's game so far. The changeup, 33 um called strike plus whiff percentage, which yeah. that's a that's a really good mark, yeah. especially for one of his non-dominant pitches. I I'm also very surprised by this though. So, I'm looking at his slider, right? And compared to last year, it doesn't have nearly as much vertical break, but he's almost, it looks like he's almost doubled the horizontal break. Okay. So he has, that is definitely, we'll have to keep an eye on that because that's yeah. definitely profiling more 
as the as the sweeper that we're seeing right. more more of these pitchers deploy. And man, if you could if he could master a three pitch mix of a four seam fastball, which was t- touching ninety five today, which is you know pretty decent velocity if if you ask me from him, a horizontal slider, and then a changeup that is let's see. It the velocity has dropped on that a little bit, but he is getting more vertical break compared to last year on his changeup. So that is something as well. Man, it is. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably keep a keep a close eye on his next start. Also, um, does did he always have a knuckle curve, or is baseball savant going crazy? I I think he's had a knuckle curve. He had some kind of curveball. Um, I don't know if it was a knuckle curve or not, but he, he's had a curveball in the past. It's been, you know, his fourth pitch. It's not used okay. a ton, but he, he has had it. He So he threw it five times today, and it was a called strike three times. So that is uh, – and just they, they watched it hey, go if you by. you can put it in the zone and they're not expecting it, that could be a weapon too. It, it sure can. It sure can. But I will I will agree with you. That, that fastball was – way above the zone at at times that definitely not what you want to see from him long term in regards to that but hey 95 pitches in his first start back he's got the he's got the endurance in that arm um i'm definitely trusting him moving forward he's got the benefit of the doubt from me jeremy before we move on do you have anything else about daniel lynch no I, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, something to build on, something to look forward to. Not a perfect start, but he's not a perfect pitcher. Yeah, that is the truth. That is the truth. Well, hey, coming up on the other side of this ad break, we are going to talk about the the next game's approach for the Kansas City Royals when they face off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Plus, we might even touch on some of the horrible drafting in recent years <laughs> in the Kansas City Royals. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Royals Rundown podcast with Jeremy Greco and myself, Jacob Milham. So, Jeremy, I I initially did not think about talking about this tonight, so you're going to have to excuse me. But shortly after Sunday's victory, Matt Cotrero came out and told the press the plan for Monday's game against the St. Louis Cardinals. Now they're, they're opening up a weird little two-game stint against their national league rival quote unquote across the state. I, I kind of consider them a rival if, if you ask me. Um, and I, I they're can tell you for certain that the Cardinals fans still, still hold the 85 world series against <laughs> Royals fans. Yeah, that is the truth that I, I will concur with that, but they, so even despite Daniel Lynch being back up, there are still holes to be filled in this rotation and it's going to be Josh Stalmont who pitched who he only threw 15 pitches on Sunday. So like, that's, that's not terrible, but he's going to be the opener again. And then Mike Mayers, who had a great start in his first career go for the, well, first time starting for the Royals, excuse me. Um, he is going to be the bulk man. So, Jeremy, I do I do have to ask you, how optimistic are you heading into yet another situation? We're going to have an opener and a bulk man and facing off against the Cardinals. Like, do you think this is going to work? Do you think this is sustainable even for the Royals to be doing this? 
Um, so my first thought is Josh Dahmond has specifically throughout his career been known as a guy who does not pitch well on zero days rest. So choosing to have him be the opener tomorrow strikes me as a little questionable. Uh, I know that Quatrero and Sweeney and Bove have the data and they're making the calls. And, and so I, they have data I can't even imagine. So maybe they know something I don't know. But that I, that that first strikes me as questionable. Um, I'm okay with Myers or Mayers, however you say his name. I'll just call him Shrek. Um, he, I'm okay with him being the bulk man. I think that's actually a good role for him. Uh, the way they described bulk man on the TV broadcast, the the current team's philosophy on the bulk man is that a bulk man, uh, you can expect a, a, a low quality starter to go about two and a half times through the order. And so it makes sense for the guys he's going to face the third time to be the bottom part of the order so that they're less likely yeah. to do damage. So that actually makes a lot of, of sense to me. Um, and so Mike Mike uh, Shrek seems like the kind of guy that that could thrive as a bulk man because we saw him, you know, he did pretty good against the Tigers. I don't want him facing the Cardinals' best hitters yeah. three times in a game. That seems like a big miss um but uh i'm also looking forward to tomorrow uh he came up with the cardinals uh so i'm looking forward to a revenge game let's uh let's get some revenge on memorial day yeah no doubt and it's i'm so going back to what you're talking about with stalmont i i was surprised to see his his split numbers when he's going on zero days rest um opposing batters are slightly above average one 101 ops plus which is, you know, not what you want to see from from a reliever, in my opinion. Right. He does walk a lot more batters, which is very surprising. Um, and so, some of his other numbers look look fine for a reliever. A two ten batting average against him, um, a six seventy eight OPS against him on zero days rest. So, I think that might actually be a little bit more pivotal than we're originally thinking about because like you said he's going to be facing the best the top of the lineup the best batters that the cardinals can throw at him in the very first inning and i am very concerned that the royals might try to stretch out stallman a little just a little too far we've we've seen it plenty of times this year so i am hoping that that is not the case and that the royals can maybe leave st louis with some bragging rights i wouldn't complain about that one bit at all but one thing that i know people at kaufman stadium are complaining about is the fact that edward olivar has left a freaking smoking hole in the <laughs> scoreboard today all right we are a clutch home run in the eighth inning on sunday can't complain about one bit absolutely hammered it 452 feet the third longest home run from a Royals batter this year. And it, it took us a little while, but when you look at the scoreboard, there's a big black bar that's that's missing out of it. You know, it says, welcome to the city, their, their tagline for this year. And then there's a black bar that's missing. Like, what the heck's going on? They zoomed in on it. And all you see is like the a little trail of smoke. It looks like the um, 
Toy Story where Woody's getting like the the magnifying glass on him. It's just like a little trail of smoke. <laughs> that's what it looks like. And that's from Edward Olivar is absolutely clobbering a ball. And Jeremy, you want to know what, what he said when Annie Rogers asked him about it? What What did he say? He said, quote, sorry, but not sorry. Oh, I, yes. I love it. I that love is it. Terrific. Yes. That is that is the energy I want to see in the Royals Clubhouse on a regular basis. No doubt. No sorry, doubt. not sorry. <laughs> Just hey. out here wrecking things. Yes. Yes, exactly. And look, it, it proved to be the difference in, in the game. The Royals were trailing two to one until Olivares hit that ball 111 miles per hour. Like man. It is he he smoked it. He got all of it as as one might say. But I I can't complain about that one bit, but I'm sure the uh I, I don't want to see the price tag on that. Okay. Oh, I don't gosh. I I don't get paid a whole lot, but I'm pretty sure my paycheck would replace like one of the little squares on that scoreboard. So, I, so you know, I mean, they're going to have to cut him now, right? Because they can't afford yes. to pay his salary after they pay to repair. And he's not even sorry. I know. How how dare he? How, how dare he? We're we're gonna see him. No, they're they're gonna ship him back up to Omaha, right? That's been their that's been their <laughs> yeah. real punishment to yeah. him. Absolutely. No, I no, can't let him go to another team. You're going to Omaha. Yeah. See see how you like the storm chasers. <laughs> but hey, it is that that was really cool to see. And absolutely it's it's weird. You you pull up MLB.com, not a whole lot of good things going on in Kansas City, but to see Finally, some some good news and a cool news story on top of the ticker is uh, I, I mean, it put I've, a smile on my face. I've heard Kansas City like smoking, but this is ridiculous. Hey, <laughs> I like it. I like it. That could let's see here. They're, they're probably going to find some way to market this like the the scoreboard smoker or the, <laughs> just going to be a little like LED. Edward Olivares is not getting in the Royals Hall of Fame any other way. This he's cast <laughs> balls through the wall. He literally tried to hit his way into the Royals Hall of Fame. That's <laughs> that's how that went. Oh wait, no, he was uh, he was trying to take out the Sasquatch. Okay, he's fine. Finally, oh, had yeah, enough yeah. of that guy. He's trying to <laughs> try to murk him through the wall can or we, something. Can we talk about how much I love that? I hate the. I still hate the gladiator helmet celebration. Nothing anyone mm-hmm. has said has convinced me. I love the Sasquatch. Love it. I Absolutely, think that's love it. terrific and i love that it doesn't just come out for home runs like it comes out whenever he gets a hit at least i don't know if it comes out every time it he reaches base but you you see it quite a bit when Vinny is on i love it man it's terrific did you um did you ever see the promo video that they did for it when they were first introducing it oh man i'll have to go back on royals twitter and and find that one it was so it was like a little 30 second vignette but it was just Vinny and bobby and nikki being being silly and that sounds I, like I, a good time i i know and it's it's one of those things i love love seeing these these guys actually you know be human and have a have a sense of humor despite some of the things going on around them oh man yeah because then i then i just look at the at the record again and i get <laughs> do it. I get reminded don't do it <laughs> It's not know, worth right? it. It's it, it really isn't. It really isn't. And I I think I was I was talking to someone about this and whenever the Royals win, it always you know makes me a little a little happier, makes me, you know, like okay, you know what? They 
actually some of the work is paying off and we're seeing some some sort of progress but then like at the end of the day it doesn't really mean mean a whole lot for for the season's outcome which is very you know discouraging and things like that um and even you can't uh, you can't rest your laurels on like oh well at least they have a chance for the top pick no it's a it's a lottery now <laughs> so actually I think their odds for the top pick have gone up since it became a lottery. Heck yeah, right? let's go. Because they weren't going to have the worst record because they go and they win games that they shouldn't win and other teams are like, yeah, just lose it. That's so now true. they have a chance, they get a lottery chance at it. That is true. That is true. Oh, do, do, do you do you want to talk about Edward Olivares a little bit? Because I'm I'm kind of kind of torn on him, man. I, I I don't know what's left to say at this point. He is who he is. Yeah. We watched him make have another adventure in left field today as a That's defender. True. Well, I watched. I guess you didn't get to. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't have, get to. Have an adventure. But it wasn't his fault. I mean, the ball was hit off the top of the wall. There's not a lot of guys who are going to actually make that play. Just Olivares looks awful while not making that play. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, he just absolutely destroyed that ball when he's hitting he is he's worth i think he's worth having even in left field if you've got to put him in left field Mm. um he's the problem the 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 biggest thing is that he's got to hit enough to cover for the fact that he's not going to play defense he's either going to take up a spot in your outfield or he's going to be a designated hitter um and by take up a spot i mean he's going to stand out there and he's not going to be good and he just he hits better than a lot of the Royals, other Royals, but not that much better. Mm-hmm. And and it's a problem. And I'm glad they're at least giving him a chance this year to get some at bats in there. And and you know let's make sure uh, by all means that this is this is what's going to happen. This is who he is. He can't get any better. But it's it does he's he's probably not got a role. He's probably the kind of guy who, when the National League didn't have a designated hitter, would have a spot on a bench as a pinch hitter or, you know, a once or twice a week starter in the National Mm. League. But now that the National League has a designated hitter, I'm not sure there's a a real role for him on a major league team anymore. That's true. Yeah, it's it's tough. He's either some team out there is going to is going to take a chance on him and just have him as like a like a platoon bat or, you know, they're one of their top designated hitter options so i'd i've heard the cases for him to be like a low tier trade candidate for the royals you know if they want to move up one of these many many outfielders who are kind of fringe mlb guys from omaha if they want to pull that trigger on say a you know a tyler gentry or a or a brewer hicklin even shipping out ollie is the is the way to go but Golly, when when that bat, when that power is apparent in a in a game, it is absolutely something else. So I'm I am very very torn on it to to be honest with you, but we shall uh, we'll, we'll just have to see what what happens. I don't know what this front office really thinks of him, and I don't know if, if he is in their plans. If he just had a little more speed, or a little more defense, or he yeah. walked a little bit more. Um, he he could easily become a viable major league hitter. So it's easy to look at him and dream because he's so close. Mm-hmm. He's not like a, a, a Ryan O'Hearn kind of guy or whoever that comes up, you know, he just destroys AAA and then he can't find it at the major leagues. He finds bits and pieces. He finds the things that he's good at. He yeah. just, he's just not good at enough. Correct. 
Correct. That's the that is a great way to put it, Jeremy. And I will I will even say this. There's so I remember before the season started, even I was looking at like, okay, who are actually the fastest people on the Royals in 2022? And Bobby Witt, you know, of course, was was the top no brainer. Very surprised to see Nate Eaton was actually second on the Royals in 2022. But, you know, after watching him play a little bit more this year, I was like, okay, yeah, this guy has a straightaway speed. Number three was Edward Olivares. Oh, really? Yeah. But the thing is that that speed, A, does not trend, just doesn't translate well to the base paths, I yeah, feel like. that could be a problem. Yeah, and then number two, we all know how bad his outfield jump is. If you go on to baseball savant, I'm looking looking at the number right now. He's a number. He's a one percentile guy in outfield jump. He has the worst Sounds among right. all, all qualified outfielders, but he still makes plays sometimes. Emphasize sometimes because of that raw speed. So there's there's still some. I don't want to say there's still some stuff that's untapped. But he has the athletic tools. It's just, I don't know if he has the the baseball, the baseball IQ yeah. and the and the twitch and things like that. So I don't know. We'll we'll just have to wait and That's, see. Uh, that should have been the royal slogan this year. Forget welcome to the city. It should have been I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> that'll uh, that'll be someone's uh, what's the word? Someone's catch line out there. All right, look, Jeremy, before we get on out here, I do feel like we we do have to talk about some Kansas City Royals draft stuff. The, um, oh, gosh, do we have I know. to? Yes, yes, yes. And while, while <sighs> you get your bearings, while you think about this, I do want to preface the MLB is making the draft a little bit of a bigger deal this year, if you will. Um, They're rolling it into the All-Star Weekend festivities up Didn't in Seattle. Didn't they do that last year, too? I you know what I want to I want to say they did but I don't know how much of it was open I guess if you will do you think 2022 was weird man you still had some places that had COVID restrictions and it was it was weird what were you saying Jeremy sorry do you think the MLB draft can ever ever approach the spectacle that the NFL draft is not no but hell no (laughs) <laughs> okay, but bleep no. Okay, that is the NFL. You can you can go ask anyone in Kansas City right now. The NFL draft is a whole different stratosphere. It's a I, whole different beast. The the night they did the first round, I had no intention of watching. I knew the Chiefs were picking at the end of the round, and they were the only mm-hmm. team I cared about if they were picking at all. Yeah. Um, and, and so I was like, well, they're not going to pick till late. And I, you know, it's drafting. I'll find out. I'm not going to know anything about the guy they drafted until tomorrow when I get the reviews and the, the film s- studies and all that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I walked through my living room and my dad was watching because he just watches the NFL Network 24-7. Love him. <laughs> um, and so I walked through there and I'm like, this is this is actually kind of entertaining. Like, I'm, yeah, and I sat down and I watched the rest of the draft with him. The rest of the first round. Wow. And okay. I, just, like, I and they just kind of caught my attention enough that I was like, "All right, they, I cannot ever imagine the MLB draft doing no. that." No, because I I won't even I I love baseball, and I can count on one hand the times I've actually even tuned in. Period to the MLB draft. Not even like I've probably only seen the Royals pick once or twice. Because I can, like you said, I can go catch it, wait for it on Twitter, put my notifications on, 
and get like clips of the player and get instant reaction from people I like to listen to. And I think the MLB is trying to change it a little bit because they're shortened. They are taking away the total number of rounds. They're, they're cutting the draft in half. So that is certainly going to help. But are you after like round 10? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I know you're going to find some quality depth guys down there, but you don't even know if these guys are going to sign. You don't even know if they're going to make it beyond double a ball. Like there's, there's a lot going on once you get down there. And that's the same risk with the, with the top pick. And that's one reason why, why we have to talk about the Royals, because I am, I'm very optimistic about this year's draft. I, I will say All that. Right. I think, I think there are some quality players that will be available at eight. If the Royals actually want to pay that full slot value, which is like, they didn't do that with, with Frank Mazzucato. I remember that that ruffled a lot of feathers back in 2021, but you have to have a very good plan. If you're going to do that, if the Royals actually draft who is available at eight, I feel fairly comfortable with that. But then it then it got me thinking there was we kind of only look back to 2017 with the draft classes from the Royals because of Nick Prado. I, I will say that that is the, you know, the first guy to reach the MLB from that class was Tyler Zuber. And he's not even, you know, he's not even with the, with the team anymore. Gosh, I forgot. I forgot all about Tyler Zuber. He was yeah. such a big deal for a hot minute. And then what, where did he go? Exactly. I have no idea. And you know what? He's doing really, really well for the Diamondbacks right now. I don't have oh, his numbers pulled up and pulled up in front of me. Um, but yeah, he, he's doing well for them. I've, I've had him on the podcast before. Really, really cool guy really enjoyed sitting down and talking to him but and then you look at the other classes before that there's like a i want to i'm looking at there's like a nine-year gap where the royals did terrible at drafting not just like guys didn't pan out or guys didn't live up to their potential but i'm talking like awful and i feel like that's that's kind of what set us up for the failure of the past five years of Royals baseball. Oh, you know, absolutely. You go. So I, I remember being so like excited to get some of these guys baseball cards. AJ Puckett in 2016 was the top pick. Ash Russell in 2015. Brandon Finnegan, who is back pitching in Kansas City, albeit for the Kansas City Monarchs, not the Royals. But, you know, he's back. He's still pitching baseball, still uh, still getting paid. Good for so, him. Yeah. And then, you know what? You want to know who the most I'm, – I'm looking at this, and you're, you're going to hate me. But from, like, 2009 to 2016 – the player that the Royals got or the top pick that the Royals got the most work out of was Hunter freaking Dozier. He was their top pick in 2013. Got the most work out of not the yeah. most value, not the most value. I didn't say that, <laughs> but it's I, even with his negative value overall in Kansas city, it's not like they had any other good options. 2010 Christian Cologne, 2011 Bubba Starling, 2012 Kyle Zimmer but Bubba Starling was not a reach he was no he he was a highly regarded pick out there and that that just sucked it did it was 
you know what he he had the the midwest pedigree if you will he had the tools he had the look um he sounded good in media like he was a top pick prospect and and there was questions that he might play other sports yeah he was there was a real very real concern that he was going to go play football at the university of nebraska I, i remember that because he was just that good of an athlete and we were talking about that with with ollie sometimes you can be an amazing athlete and just at the mlb level that can only take you so far and it's it's unfortunate, but it's also frustrating when you uh, because Bubba Starling was in the Royals system for quite a while. It's not yeah. like he it's not like he was a, a flame out by 24 type of guy like he was he was with the team for quite a bit. I want to say he was 30 when when he retired from baseball, something like that. But he didn't get promoted till pretty late because he took forever coming through the minors. Correct. That he did. That he did. But it's. And you know what I'd I'd have to say it probably the only like really really good guy that they drafted in this like dead period from 2016 to 2009 was was Sean Manea, and really that value was only realized because he developed outside of the Kansas City Royals pipeline. Oh, but it's I don't I don't know Jeremy what what are your thoughts on the on the draft and like not just the event itself, but drafting players as a baseball team period. So I went, uh, well, first of all, I want to say, I do think the Royals got a little unlucky with guys like uh, Zimmer and the outfielder. We were just talking about whose name has suddenly escaped me. Bubba Starling. Bubba Starling. Thank you. Uh, I think they got a little unlucky with those guys, but at the same time, one of the reasons MLB drafting is never going to be the event that NFL drafting is, is that it is so much more of a crapshoot. When an NFL player gets drafted in the first round, there is a reasonable, reasonable expectation that he is going to be able to contribute to that team that year and that he may develop into a star. Um, and, and it's like it's not it's not out of the ordinary for a first round pick to develop into a star, whereas in MLB, even first round picks, it's out of the ordinary for them to develop into stars. Uh, I a few years ago, I think this was my first off season at Royals Review. Uh, Baseball America had all of their top one hundred lists was available free at the time, um, so I sat down and I went through and looked at all the Royals top one hundred lists. Uh, all the Royals prospects were in the top 100. And I looked at, um, you know, some, some guys who didn't come up through the Royal system, but ended up on the team, all this stuff. And I did, um, I did at the end of that, I did some math to figure out like, what are your odds of becoming a good baseball player? If you're a top 100 prospect. And the answer was below 50% across the board. And none of them were worse than the pitchers. The pitchers, it was, the pitchers had a hard time. There were pitchers who would be like top five overall prospects who would just never pitch in the big leagues. Um, It's, it is so hard, which is one of the reasons when 2018 came around, I got very frustrated because they drafted all these pitchers and they go, oh, pitching is the currency of baseball. Great. You got to trade them before anybody realizes they're not good though. And the Royals have not done that with these guys. Um, and and you're just 
to me, I think the ideal drafting strategy, and no one does this, so maybe I'm completely bonkers, uh, is, the ideal drafting strategy is college hitters. Go get college yeah, hitters. Yeah. They're the most likely to succeed. And then, you know, oh, now you've got too many hitters. Great. You know what you do? You trade from a source of strength to get the pitchers that you need. Because um, somebody somebody's going to have extra pitchers just by accident. So rather than waste all your time and effort developing pitchers, let somebody else do that. Develop your hitters and then go trade them for some pitchers. And I think you can have success that way. The Royals clearly disagree with me. Um, they've obviously focused on pitching drafting, uh, whether it's guys like Mazzucato or when they drafted uh, Hunter Dozier underslot so they could go get Sean Mania, Jacob Junis. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, wait, it was Ju- was it Junis that they drafted after Dozier? Or was it Mania? I always forget. No, no, it, it, it was Mania. Okay, so Junis was another high round pick um, that didn't pan out for the team. Uh, Ash Russell, uh, as you mentioned, Asa Lacey, uh, Kyle Zimmer. It just, even when things look like they should work out, they don't. And and on the other hand, I don't want to say any of that to excuse how awful the Royals have been at drafting and developing uh, over the last decade or more. They have been truly terrible, which is why when all of their stars were ready to move on, after 2016, instead of trading all those guys with one year left on their contract and, and moving on to the next generation, they had to hang on to them because they didn't have a next generation. Mm-hmm. All they had was, was those guys on their last year of their deal and hoping they could draft some studs who would come up very quickly, which turned out to not work. Yeah. And that's – so, Jeremy, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong in this, but whenever I look at, let's say, top, a top 10 prospect – draft prospect, excuse me – if it's a high school guy, even if he hits all the wickets and goes smoothly in his progression, I'm looking about three years. If it yeah, if it's a college if it's least. a college guy, I would take that to two years personally. Yeah, um, you know because like, some college say, guys some college guys will get there in one. Um, yeah, but it, I wouldn't count on it. No, no, and we're we're seeing guys like in the the Angels come to mind. They have multiple of their 2022 draft picks on the major league roster right now. And that is partially because of a need, but partially because, Hey, the talents there, they're, they're ready to go. So we're just going to draft them and bring them on up. But the thing is for the Royals to be able to extend their competitive window that they established in 2013 to 2015, they needed to be hitting on those drafted prospects from 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013 in that window. And that's where they really started stumbling. But 2015, 2016, and, you know, I hate to say it, but probably even 2017 is where just the the wheels fell off, man. Like, it is, yeah. It's easy to talk about, oh, well, if the the Royals could have kept their core together, if they had more money, they could have kept Moose and Hosmer and and Kane. And just, just do me a favor. And look at what those guys did the three mm-hmm. years after 2017. Not not good. Nope. <laughs> those guys together on the Royals would not have led to any more playoff runs. No. You got, the guys get old and they get bad again, and, and, and you've got to be ready to replace them with someone young. Yeah, that's, you know what? It is, that's all part of being more transactional. Having the ability to develop your guys and just, just like how we we always say it in an MLB game, the lineup is get on base and keep it moving. 
Okay. If you want to zoom out and look at a 10 year span with players, you got to get your wins when you have them and then keep it on moving. And the Royals were not able to capitalize on when they just like they suck at capitalizing when they have runners in scoring position this year. They failed to capitalize when, hey, we have a we have a good head start in 2014, 2015, even a little bit 2016. But they just couldn't keep the line moving. And here we are. (laughs) That is. Yeah, it's it's really bad. And. and you can see this. I know everyone wants to talk about how transactional the Rays are and blah, 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 blah. But you can see this with teams like Houston, too. Carlos Correa mm. was a stud for that team in 2015. Helped to get them to the postseason, almost beat the Royals out of the playoffs. But uh, he's gone. And they still won the yeah. World Series last year. Um, they just they keep finding new guys to fill the holes. And, you know, you, you keep some of your stars, but you can't keep them all. Nobody can keep all of their stars except for the yeah. Yankees. Um, <laughs> so you, you just have to have replacements ready to go for when they, when they are, you know, start declining or for when you don't want to pay them anymore. Yeah. And I will, so I will say this, I'm going back and I'm, you know, looking a little bit farther back in the draft history. So as bad as they were drafting from, about 2016 to 2009, about the same period beforehand, they were, you know, it turned out great. 2002, you got Granky. 04, you got Billy Butler. 05, you got Alex Gordon. 06, I know, I don't know why, but I'm actually kind of a, a Luke Hochaver. Like, hey, he he turned into what he was, and he wasn't yeah. terrible at it at all. Uh, it was it was a bad pick at the time. The biggest problem with mm-hmm. Luke Hochaver is he sat out for a year. If he yeah. signed the year he, the first time he was drafted, I think things his career could have been completely different. But I I the only thing I didn't like about Luke Hochaver was he'd he'd been sitting for a year. That's you know what I didn't even think about that. But then he follow up the years after him with guys like Mike Mustakis, Eric Hosmer, even. And this is another guy, Aaron Crow. I don't think he gets he gets enough love from the Royals fan base. He he was pretty good for he was what good he for was. A while. I mean, when, yeah. when he when things went bad, it, it was one of those things where Ned Yost. Uh, it, it wasn't the players' fault. It was the franchise's mm. fault. Ned Yost was like the sixth inning is Aaron Crow's inning. Well, it doesn't have to be Ned. And Ned, <laughs> credit to him, he learned from that. I think. Yeah. And we saw him be more flexible, especially with the the postseason bullpen. Um, but Aaron Crow had been good before that and relievers just, you know, they have, they have a, a short lifespan. And like I said, when you draft a guy in the first round, it's not a guarantee he's going to get mm-hmm. to the big leagues, much less be a star. So getting him to be good for a few years, that was, that was a productive draft. Yeah. A productive draft was. pick. That it was. So it's, I'm hoping that in, in a few years, we're going to be looking back and saying, okay, so from you know, 2019 to 2024, 2025, the Royals drafted really well. And outside of Asa Lacey, that's not looking terrible. Um, Bob, Bobby Witt's looking solid. I'm, I'm, I'm really fast losing hope on Asa Lacey, man. Uh, but that's a whole other podcast. Frank Mazzucato is absolutely dealing for Columbia right now. Like he is absolutely a stud right now due for a promotion to double a if you ask me and then gavin cross is is back on the heater so i'm i'm optimistic for the 2023 mlb draft um a lot of good options for the team to pull from but if you want to go read a little bit more about draft prospects i know our guy uh 
I was about to say Craig. Oh, he would hate me if I said that. Our guy, Greg <laughs> Walker. I almost did it again. Greg Walker, uh, he just put up a, um, I think it was a write-up on Jacob Wilson out of Grand Canyon and like how he would be a viable guy for the Royals at number eight. Um, and I'm sure he's going to be doing some more work as we're a little less than a month and a half away from the draft. So a lot of time to be reviewing film and, and looking at these guys and see how can they make an impact on the Royals. Jeremy, before we wrap it up, man, do you have anything else on the draft or the, the crap shoot that, that is the MLB draft? I, I just want to remind everyone, um, you know, as we, as we go through Bobby Witt's career with the Kansas city Royals, that if he continues to be a major league starting quality shortstop, that is a valuable draft pick. It is. It's unfortunate that we expected him to, you know, and, and it's not just Royals fans. A lot of people expected him to become a superstar and it hasn't happened yet. It could still happen. Um, Jared Kelnick didn't start. He was expected to be a superstar and he didn't start hitting till his third year in the big leagues. Um, so, you know, it could still happen. But even if this is all Bobby Witt is, there's value in that. It, it's not a wasted draft pick in the same way that, uh, Hunter Dozier was kind of a wasted draft pick <laughs> or, uh, you know, some of these other guys that we were talking about. That is some great perspective, Jeremy. Hey, um, listen, I, I can't let you get out of here, though, without we, we got to talk about your Saturday article, man. Got to <laughs> we got to bring that up. So how much did Apple pay you for that article? Was not it like enough. A per word thing. Not enough. <laughs> not enough. They didn't, listen, nobody who writes at Royals Review is and I put this in the article, but uh, nobody who writes at Royals Review writes because we're getting paid a lot. Yeah. We expect to get paid a lot. We do it because we love to write. Um, and honestly, I just don't feel like writing about the Royals this week. <laughs> there just wasn't anything new that I felt like talking about. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about something I am unreasonably passionate about instead, uh, which is <laughs> the Apple TV, TV plus. plus lineup of shows. I just I just think it's great. I think everybody should tune in. And by golly, I'm I can find a way to tie it into baseball. Friday night baseball, that should be your opening ticket. Get in there. Go go watch some Friday night baseball. <laughs> I hear the announcers are awful. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you about that. Yeah, they ain't uh, but the shows on that streaming service are terrific. And uh it's it's a good value. You got a free trial you can get. Uh I just I just I want more people to watch these shows so that uh, Apple will keep making them. Yeah, that's true. And they ain't uh, they ain't sparing no expense on nope. on some of these shows. Like they are they're some top tier stuff. I just cannot get over I've watched four shows and they've been four bangers. Like not there's not one show that I'm like, eh, it's okay. I'm like, no, this is good. Like yeah. I have to I have to tell you how good this show is. Uh it's just I it's when I watched Netflix, for example, and Netflix is the obvious comparison. I can only mm -hmm. think of one show that I've watched on there that I'm like, this is so good. You have to watch it. Stranger Things. I, yeah. I think that's that's the the poster. I really liked Sense Eight, but they canceled. Mm, that was it. really good. Yep, they, they, they did. canceled it and they recast a role uh, going into the second season. That's and terrible. maybe that was a, a good choice. I don't know, but it was frustrating to me at the time. Um, so like, 
you know, it's just, it's hard to, to get into some of these other streaming services. I watch, I watch a lot of streaming services between my, my family and friends and, and our, we don't share passwords. Um, the, uh, <laughs> you know, I have, I've, I've had access to a lot of streaming services over my life and I have, I have a couple anime streaming services that I also use. Mm. Um, so I get like a huge catalog of a television to watch that way. Um, there's just, there's nobody I've seen that has that many hits that are just like, yeah, you got to watch this. You, yeah. And, and I know that there are shows on there that I've heard are just as good that I haven't gotten around to watching yet. I I still can't get past how good shrinking was. Like that yes, was like, oh, right? oh, hey, that's the, the that's the guy from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, sure, I, I liked him on that. I'll go and get this shot. So good. And I <laughs> so was like, good. Harrison Ford as a psychiatrist. I don't know, or a psychologist, whichever. I don't like, know. I don't guys. know. Like I like Harrison Ford, but I'm not sure that's the role for him. Oh my gosh, he is so good. That he was. He was absolutely amazing, and that ended on a great cliffhanger. That- that whole cast is just amazing. And I looked at that cast and I was like, I, I can see this going off the rails in about 700 different ways. <laughs> and it didn't. It was so perfectly tightly balanced. And I, I can't get over how good it was. It just came together in this beautiful symphony that is a, I think it was only like eight episodes. Like it was 10, it was short, ten, episodes. 10 short, sweet to the point. Didn't drag anything out. Absolutely loved it. There's a, there's, I could do a whole weekend seminar on how television has changed since the introduction of streaming. One of the things I am, I've been kind of opposed to, um, sorry, I'm distracted by the cat tail. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, One of the things I've been opposed to is, is the shift from like the 26 episode season to the six to 12 Mm. episode season. Yeah. Because, uh, you lose an opportunity to just like when they had the 26 episode seasons, they had to just kind of fill time sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can't spend our full budget on this episode. Cause we need to save some money for this episode over here. Or, you know, we just run out of like crazy stories to tell. And, and you just like have episodes where you're just hanging out with the cast. And it's like, I just sometimes and, and people will call it filler. And I'm like, I just want to see what these people are like when they're not in the middle of a crisis. Sometimes that's true. And, and and I think it's good for shows to have that. And and it's something Apple kind of weaves in, at least to the shows I've watched so far, where like not everything is crisis mode all the time, even though they're 10 episode seasons. They they have yeah. moments where they, they get to take a break and just kind of exist for a little bit. Um, and, and so I, I got to give them credit for that, too. Okay, so but before I, I start you on a, another tangent about <laughs> Apple, Apple TV, we... Um, we we got to call out we got to call out someone oh, today. Okay. Yeah. Um. Good old, good old Rex. Good old oh, Rex. 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 Go Rex saying stuff about the Royals. Yeah. Oh, um. So this is why I love Rex Hudler. I don't care how bad an announcer he can be. Some days he is the gift <laughs> that keeps on giving. He is. He's not everyone's cup of tea every day, but this this guy just has his moments where, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I can't believe we forgot ah, about this until now. I know, right? So a little, little peek behind the curtain, everyone. So we have a whole kind of thread of text in our Slack channel called "Things Hud Said." And today he dropped an absolute gem, Jeremy, and I 
give you credit for bringing this to light because I don't know if we need to shame the man. I don't know if we need to ask questions, but I don't, I don't want the answers to those questions. Oh, you, you don't want I'm the good. answers. I'm good. What, <laughs> what Rex does in Rex's time stays with Rex. Yep. That is true. So I, Oh my gosh, Max, please don't fire me for what I'm about to say on air. Okay, please don't. I, I like it here. I like talking to Jeremy, but we got to talk about this. Here it is. Quote, uncensored. Quote, he's your daddy, qu- comma, pause. Please him, pause. Make him happy. Okay, this was thought out. All right, this wasn't... At no point, Rex says is thought out. Yeah, that's true. At no point did this man think, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I shouldn't say this. He was with Jake today. Jake was doing the TV with him, and Jake just was—I could just picture him, just like what? (laughs) Give him the look. Jake, he just kept going. Like Ryan would have roasted him for an hour. But Jake, Jake is much nicer. He just kept going. He's just, we're just going to move on from that one. Like Jake's like, okay, you know what? This is my first full season here. I ain't going to screw this up. I'm just going to keep on moving. This guy can make me lose my job. I'm just going to keep on going down the track. So like, if any of you oh want gosh. context for that quote and you weren't watching the game, for some reason, Rex was saying that managers are like your dad. They're like your father. I don't know why he was saying what? that. I don't know why he thinks that. But that was what he was saying. And then he's like, he's your, so you want to play good for him. He's your daddy. Oh, my God. Please him. Make him happy. Oh, oh, Jake actually played along a little bit. I forgot. He said, because oh, okay. he said, oh, because uh, this was in the ga- early in the game when the game was still tied at zero. And he mm. said, both of these datagers have to be pretty happy with their pitchers' uh, performances so far today. Okay. All right. That's, that's okay. But, I, I think it's the the please him segment yeah, in there. Oh, no, like, no, one hundred and ten percent. That's what makes it a hutism. <laughs> there we go, hutisms. I like it. Let's let's put a book together. I'm gonna gonna put it on a t shirt. Hutisms. I, I mean, obviously, the name of the book would be "It's a Beautiful Planet." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is true. Oh my gosh! Listen, we do we we love we love Rex. I don't I don't want to see him go. Anytime soon, I'm kind of a, I'm like a 51-49 guy on him, uh, 51% I only ever disliked Rex when he was broadcasting with Physioc. As long mm. as he's broadcasting with someone else, I think he's fine. Jake, Jake's really good. I think they play yeah. off each other pretty well. And, and Rex is absolutely the guy I want announcing for my team when they're good. Ooh, there is yeah. nobody who is more excited about the sport of baseball than Rex Hudler. And when That's the team true. is good, it's infectious and it's fun. It can't, I get why people are frustrated with it when the team is bad, but I, I want him to still be here when the Royals are good again, because watching him in 2014 and 2015 was just, he just raised that experience up so much higher for me. That is true. That, that is a great point. I things I like from him this year, though, one, you will you'll hear whoever else is on play by play with them. You'll hear them like, "Ooh, you know what? That that was that ball was pretty well outside the strike zone, but it went in the Royals' favor." So I guess we'll just keep moving. And then and then Rex just comes out and like, "Yeah, that was great placement. 
all like talking about like like Rex, you know we can see that was like a foot off the plate, right? <laughs> oh my god. And I something that'll never get old is hearing him say, You you gotta go. Like that's yeah. I I really like it. It's so simple, but like, oh, you got to go. Yep. And then just, it's a good one. It is. And uh, it, it is yeah. a really good one. Oh man. Listen, I think this was a pretty good episode. What do you think, Jeremy? It it was an episode. Yes, th- it this was, was very episode. episodic. I'll give you that much for sure. <laughs> the the longest this is, running. This episodic is one of the thing. episodes that we have recorded. Yes, thank you, Perd Happily. I I do appreciate the the breakdown on that. Um, <laughs> kudos to anyone who gets the park and, Parks and Rec reference out there. <laughs> oh man! All right, Jeremy, we we have taken up about an hour oh an goodness. hour of our listeners' time. So why don't we go ahead and get out of here? Shall you all we? are extremely welcome. Just yes, just, I can you believe you get this for free for free for an hour? I love it. Like you usually you have to pay extra for this type of action, but no, but here we are. Cancel your Netflix subscription. Get a <laughs> Royals rundown subscription. You're set. You could see us on Apple TV Plus coming soon. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> is, is that a part of the endorsement deal? <laughs> I wish. I know, right? All right, Maybe listen. Timothy Chalamet. Ooh, I like it. I don't know who I would have play me. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. But anyways, if you're still listening, you know where to find us on social media, y'all. Jeremy, you can find him at Hakaius, H-O-K-I-U-S, on Twitter. You can also find his work under Jeremy Greco, his full name, his given name, his Christian name, I believe is the is the term. No, government name. That's the, <laughs> the, that's the one. Um, you can find all of his work on Royals Review under Jeremy Greco. I am Jake Milham, and I am a person talking on this podcast. That is, that is, I'm. I was trying to go with another purred happilyism to match up with the <laughs> with the Hudisms, but I just couldn't do it, man. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Milham Casey. All my work regarding the Royals and the Chiefs out there, and please, for the love of all that is Rex Hudlery, go check out RoyalsReview.com. Also don't, on Facebook and on Twitter. What? Don't forget to please your daddy. Yes, please, your daddy. To everyone out there still listening, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening through our innuendos. And until next time, go Royals!